Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. This week we're talking The Lighthouse and H is for Happiness, plus all the latest movie and trailer news. So we saw The Lighthouse and it's directed and co-written by Robert Eggers, who recently did The Witch a few years ago, which, Mm. have you seen that? I've not seen that film. So I guess we're kind of going in blindly, I suppose, with this film. We haven't seen what the director's done previously, which is kind of good and bad. I feel like I was blinded by the imagery in this movie. But it was a film of imagery, wasn't it? My eyes, my (laughs) eyes. Literally, like us and in the film. Yeah. Uh, What did you think initially? I didn't know how I felt when Mm. we came out. To tell you a bit of background about the movie, it's the tale of two lighthouse keepers who are stranded on a remote island off the coast of New England in the 1890s, and they start to slowly lose their minds, and it stars Mm. Robert Pattinson and William Dafoe, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Just the two of them. And a seagull. That's the premise. And a seagull. Mm. Yeah. I think that the first thing that I want to call out are the exceptional performances by Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Like, wow. Mm. I think it, it is just following those two. They were extraordinary, absolutely captivating. And I think that what they were put through as performers was just agonizing. Like agonizing. The, That's an interesting choice of words. Well, Why agonizing? I think I did a bit of research into the production, and mm. I think that it was a very, very challenging production mm. from the elements because all that stuff, all the rain, apparently, hardly any of it was like film rain. It was all real rain. So they were the conditions that they were filming in. Wow. And, you know, it's on this remote island exposed to the elements and all those sorts of things. And I think that the, the insanity that these two characters ultimately experienced. Mm was etched into every part and fibre of their performance and you felt it all. And that insanity was just heightened by this maddening use of sound. 
Yes. The soundscape was just like that horn. Horns it going just kept going incessantly and seagulls squawking and it was really unsettling. Mm. I found there were a lot of techniques that added to that unsettlement that mm. you felt. It was the aspect ratio that they filmed yes. and presented the it film. It was a in. square. Yeah, it felt screen. very claustrophobic. Because mm. very small. And I kind of thought, oh, would they shut the curtains on the screen? So it's kind of, it feels a bit distractive. But then you are f- kind of forced by that creative choice to really focus mm. on the on what's happening on the screen because it is such a small window. But it kind of played to the claustrophobia, the isolation, mm. all those sorts of feelings and emotions that these characters would have gone through stranded on this island. It's a very different kind of horror film. Horror. Wouldn't you I'm agree? I'm so glad you said horror because I was trying to put that into a genre and that's kind of what it was. Horror, but not quite horror. Mm. Just really unsettling with horror. undertones of Hitchcock, I thought. Oh, yeah. An old Hitchcock movie. Obviously, something we haven't mentioned is that the film was shot in black and white. Yes. Which added to its aesthetic. And the cinematography, it is nominated for Best Cinematography in the Oscars, which is now days away mm-hmm. from recording this. Mm-hmm. Which so deserved and some incredible use of space. Mm-hmm. I guess the movie was just deliberately designed to be uncomfortable, mm. but at the same time visually striking. Yes. It was that juxtaposition much. that just kept you unsettled the whole way through, but intrigued. And just like them, it drew you along and you wasn't sure, you weren't sure what was real or not. Yes. Because the the characters didn't know what was real or not. And then the movie just descends into this ultimate chaos along with them. It descends into complete madness. And I was just riveted. What I found really interesting, and sure, I feel like I need to watch it again. Mm. But the dialogue was very specific. Yeah. Like their accents, the dialect, and what they were talking about wasn't hard. Riddles isn't the right thing, but it was very... Sea shanty talk. Yeah. and William Defoe was very good oh at that, but I did have a little qualm with Robert Pattinson's accent because he seemed to sort of slip into different accents every now and then. I don't know if that was deliberate or not. I, I don't have much experience in that specifically, but in looking into the production, what Robert Pattinson's accent was actually true and very specific and the writer-directors made sure that they were true to those accents. Right. So even though it was um, a bit, it felt a bit odd and mm. dipped in and out, I noticed that as well. I think that's actually authentic. Wow. But I could be mistaken. But that's how I read into it, doing because some research. he was sort of, his character was sort of from all around. Yes. I found it just, it was great to just follow a film that was focusing on just two characters and how they carried the whole film mm. through their relationship, which was... Very bizarre and strange and awful and violent, mm. funny, lots of drinking. It was just so fun what, Fun watching them descend into madness. But the, just the things that they ended up doing to themselves and each other was so outrageous. It was comical, but really disturbing. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, bizarre, but I feel like our review is just as chaotic as the movie. Honestly, and that's... That's so... Oh, my God. That it's makes so, so much sense. It is so fitting because I kind of come out this film like the wind's been knocked out of you. Mm. And I think that was really great. I quite liked that it was mm. so fucking insane and it looked good while doing yeah. that. It's not for everyone, no. but the audience that it does find will really love it. Mm. And I was worried that it was going to be a bit pretentious, but I didn't feel it was trying too hard. Mm. But it was just... And a bit of an adventure. 
and journey with these characters. One thing that I did come out of there knowing that I didn't know before is what a mermaid's vagina looks like. Oh my goodness. Now we know. <laughs> now, if that doesn't get you into the cinema, I don't know what will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd love to do the percentage of box office receipts for those that were just curious at what a mermaid's vagina looked like, which is what got them there. <laughs> so what would you give this movie out of five? Look, I don't, uh, t- to your point earlier, I don't really know what I watched. And I think that maybe in like 24 months, you know, two years, I should revisit this film mm-hmm. and take it all in again, because I think it's something I could endure again, just after a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably give a better rating, but I'm going to go straight out there right now how I feel and how crazy it was and awesome, basically. going to mm-hmm. give it a four. Like, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I could agree with you there. Yeah. I'd go four too. Yeah. I was debating between three and a half and four, mm-hmm. but just the visual cinematic experience mm-hmm. that you see, I mean, you don't know what the hell you're watching, but... It's pretty impressive filmmaking. Incredible. And the feat of dedication and trauma that the actors put themselves through to realise those moments of madness and panic. And Mm. it was interesting looking to this where Robert Patterson had this technique where he would, because they were drunk a lot and he Mm. had to pretend to be drunk and heck, I thought he was actually drunk. was extraordinary. But he would make himself like gag and almost be sick right before the take. Oh. And that really disturbed Willem Dafoe, but it was how he got into that character and had that, you know, glassy eye look and oh. was rolling around everywhere and all the method words he was, you know, spitting out. The mm. Both of them were just spitting out. Well, that's the lighthouse. Yeah, I kept going, <laughs> reviewing it after the <laughs> review. Well, we also saw H's for Happiness, which is just a delightful Australian film. It really is. We love a locally made film. Mm. H's for Happiness was filmed and set in Albany, Western Australia, so which is great. And I think we'll we'll just rattle off a few more details about the film, but mm. the setting and all of that was just such a beautiful uh, layer to this story. What really surprised me about this film is it's from a first-time director, John John Sheedy, mm. which is extraordinary to, to read that. And it's adapted from the young adult novel My Life as an Alphabet by Ozzy Barry Johnsberg. It stars Daisy Axon as Candace Fee, a 12-year-old with endless optimism. Mm. Her optimism was endless. It wasn't unshakable, but it was endless. Yes. Trying to fix her broken family. And it also stars Emma Booth, Richard Roxburgh, and British actress Miriam Margulies. Who was just a wonderful, quirky addition to this, ultimately, a film of many quirks. And a random, a random addition. Super random. She was the, the teacher for the, for the kids. And she had this eye that would just roll in her head. <laughs> and I thought, what is this movie? Because I was a bit apprehensive going into this film... I didn't think I would connect so strongly to it mm. and these characters and these quirks and this beautiful, beautifully shot film and just superbly acted. Oh, the acting was incredible, especially the star, Daisy. I'm not sure how old she really is, mm. but my God, she was phenomenal. And quite a challenging role because when you delve deeper into this, it's quite a sad film for the girl. Even though mm. she has that endless optimism, her family life is quite broken Mm. without I guess was a bit of a spoiler I mean there was loss in their family her mother is severely depressed and struggling struggling and cannot raise her daughter let alone raise Mm. herself as a human being like literally get out of Mm. bed all those things and her father played by Richard Roxburgh 
is so disconnected from his family and they're kind of all estranged from each other, but they've got this little gem, this shining light in the center of it. This girl Mm. who is just wonderful. Despite all of that, she's taking care of herself and taking care of everyone else and, and not in a sad way, just she's happy to do it. And she has a plan for everyone. Yeah. And it's quite warm and fuzzy and yeah, quite beautiful to see her not plot, but plan these things to fix. Mm. Things aren't going right. And things don't go right. No. But that optimism shines through, through her quirky and weird ways. Yeah. And all the surrounding quirky and weird characters. And, you know, it comes together in this really beautiful way. I really enjoyed this mm. film. I think it was really well made. Can I just point that out? Yeah, absolutely. The production value. Not that that's surprising, but sometimes you get Australian movies that are just kind of thrown together and Mm. passion projects. And this might not have had a great budget behind it, but it didn't need to. It didn't look cheap. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com want to get a chiseled look in the jawline sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from juvederm volux xc juvederm volux xc is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist visit juvederm.com that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m.com not for people with severe allergic reactions allergies to lidocaine or the proteins used in juvederm common side effects include injection site redness swelling pain tenderness firmness lumps bumps bruising discoloration or itching there's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities blindness stroke temporary scabs or scarring talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you visit juvederm.com that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m.com it actually looked like it had a pretty substantial budget. Mm. And I think and maybe it didn't, maybe it did. But what they did with that money was they used it in all the right ways. All the costumes, the set direction, all that stuff was just really beautifully realised. There was a very clear vision from the director. And the script was one of the funniest, quirkiest, well-put-together story mm. I've experienced in a long time, especially for that sort of genre, which is hard to resonate with people, I think. I just really love the names that she she called everyone by their full names with ad, with additions. So Uncle Brian was Rich Uncle Brian, yeah. and I can't remember the friend's name. Something Benson from another from, dimension. From another dimension. You can see the young adult novel elements oh, yes. in there, and they're just they're not isolating. They don't mm. put you off. Like as an adult, I found just as much in this film as a teenager will. Mm. I was so glad that we stumbled across this film mm-hmm. and can bring you that review because it is a it is an Aussie film that you need to see. What would you give it out of five popcorn kernels? I will give H is for happiness four out of five without gonna, any hesitation. I'm going to give it four and a half. We, wow, that's so good. I know. Honestly, really deserving. It's out now, so please go and see it because and, you won't be disappointed. And take your kids because it touches on subject matter that's really important to talk about. And this film does it in such a beautiful way. 
Other new releases we had this week, Birds of Prey and The Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. This movie has been very highly anticipated. It stars Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, reprising her role from Suicide Squad. It's being hailed so far as solidly entertaining, but not as impactful as what people have been expecting. So it's been hyped quite a lot as this big, colourful vehicle for female superheroes. And everybody seems to be enjoying it, but it's not quite getting the heights that Marvel Right, got. yeah. Which which is what DC would be aiming for, really. Mm. Let's be oh, honest. Yeah, I think so. They've got a long way to go, though. Yeah. Because this film, strangely, is born off the back of Suicide Squad, which mm. was a financial success, but critically panned. Mm. So the fact that this has risen from the ashes of that disaster you know four years ago is quite good mm. i was always waiting for those first reviews to come through with the it's great but i was i always knew there was going to be a but yeah. with this film but to me this, this sounds quite positive even yes. despite that but so we're really keen to see this film really soon so we can bring you our own solid but review <laughs> <laughs> In news this week, we've got a teaser for Bill and Ted Face the Music, which I'm really excited about because I've grown up with these movies. <laughs> yeah. And the release date, so it's coming in August really soon. Really soon. Now, the teaser really was the definition of a teaser. It wasn't much at all. No. So I think... We've got we the can, phone booth. Yeah. We can anticipate a more meaty trailer uh, very soon, I think. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has been plagued with director issues. It mm. hasn't had, doesn't have a director at the moment, basically. And Sam Raimi has been tipped to take over who did spider-man with toby Maguire? Mm. this is pretty exciting we were we looked into what sam raimi had directed of late and mm. it really isn't a lot he's done a lot of producing but his last feature film was oz the great and powerful in 2013 so it's mm. pretty exciting to see him come back into the fold and return to superhero films because he put together arguably one of the best trilogies in superhero canon maybe spider-man 3 he pretty didn't much quite work out but he pretty much launched the modern superhero film. Yeah. Well, production is scheduled to start in May, so he's got some catching up to do if he does jump on board. I think the ink will still be wet when that mm. first clapper comes down. It's very soon. Really sad news, Hollywood mm. news, and I guess on the eve of the Oscars, and I'm sure that there'll be a real focus on the passing of Kirk Douglas, mm. who extraordinarily lived 103 years on this earth. Uh, He's obviously the father of Michael Douglas and one of the last surviving actors from Hollywood's golden age. So this is a really sad Mm. moment for the industry. He's probably most known for Spartacus, Mm -hmm. his big role as the gladiator in Spartacus. Yeah. We got some new trailers this week. We got the final trailer for Milan, which is coming on March 26th. That's just around the corner. Yes. Didn't really give us much more, but it was just another epic action-packed trailer. It just added to saying... You are in for an epic adventure. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, the trailer just kind of nailed that in another way. One movie I'm really looking forward to on June 11 is Radioactive, starring Rosamund Pike as Marie Curie. Mm. The trailer we got for this is actually was really fascinating. Yeah. it's not. Oh. It looks like it's not going to be a straight narrative film. There's some fantastical elements that are going to make it a little bit more interesting. And she's a wonderful actress. And I think based on the couple of minutes of the trailer, she's put in a really special performance yep. to tell this story about this um, scientist. Now, one movie we have been mm. rolling our eyes at is 
the new Saw film. It's called Spiral from the Book of Saw. We don't have a release date as yet, but we got a trailer. And Tim, what did you think of the trailer? Okay, hold on. Before we talk about the trailer, can we talk about the title of this film? Mm. Spiral from the Book of Saw. There's a Book of Saw now? There is a Book of Saw. Now, I just think it just makes it sound a bit wanky. I don't know what other words come to mind for you. Just it's trying too hard. Like what is this, the the Skywalker saga? It's the Book of Saw. You know, is it trying to play on that sort of fan association and epicness? Is it foreseeing a bigger franchise with all these arms shooting out of it? Well, or? interestingly, the trailer doesn't allude to this, but it's in the area that the other Saw films took place. Mm. And it's kind of things start happening. Is it a side call? Oh, my God, stop. stop. We can't bring up side call <laughs> in every week's episode. It's but to be honest, it kind of is a cycle <laughs> <laughs> when I think about it, because it's, people feel like it's reminiscent of the, the city's dark past. So there will be, mm. I think, references to what the Saw franchise has already delivered. Mm. And I guess many, many years have passed and these things are starting to happen again. Mm. And Chris Rock is in this. Samuel L. Jackson is in this. Can I just say, I, I don't see Chris Rock in this kind of serious role. I mean, he's, he's done them before for sure. Mm. I just can't take him seriously. If he doesn't talk and it's just the camera on his face, he looks quite brooding and serious in this film. Mm. But his voice, I just can't get past his voice. And that's no real criticism on... Him, I, I've just never been a huge fan of Chris Rock, and I find this a really strange, but I'm intrigued. I guess he's always been associated with comedy mm. before, and so it's really hard to see him change pace, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he can't. Yeah, so Spiral, the book of Saw, I feel is trying too hard, yet mm. it's confused because the end of the trailer has Samuel L. Jackson saying, Do you want to play a game, motherfucker? And yeah. I'm like, why? Why? I mean, I know it's Samuel L. Jackson and that's what he does. It's kind of like his calling card, mm. but it confuses the tone of what they're trying to make here. And I didn't know whether to laugh or cringe. Yeah. It just undercuts the seriousness of it, doesn't it? it I just don't think it worked, but who knows? We could just be proven wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that we finally sunk our teeth into the first teaser. We'll wait to see what else they throw at yeah. us. We also got a trailer for Minions, The Rise of Gru, which looks really adorable. It's so cute. Coming in June 18, and it takes us back to the beginning when Gru and his little minions were kids. And the minions have just become their own franchise in their own right. Yeah. This is their second film. So, yeah, this it, it's a no-brainer that Universal have brought this out, and I think it'll drive big audiences. A lot of fun. These movies are great. I love them. So we've got a big week next week. February 13 is going to see the release of Fantasy Island or Blumhouse's Fantasy Island. Have they added that in recently? Yeah. Is this a thing now? Well, I mean, Blumhouse has a good reputation. Like Blumhouse Presents? Yeah, but it sounds like National Hobbs and Shaw. (laughs) National Lampoon. Yeah. It feels a bit odd. It's a more horror-based adaptation of the 1970s TV series. It's about a tropical resort run by the mysterious Mr. Rourke, where people's dreams come true. But in this iteration, there's a more sinister catch. Looks quite dark. I'm pretty keen for that. Mm. Also, Sonic the Hedgehog, it held its release date after the complete redesign of Sonic the Hedgehog, which we talked about at Mm. length on this podcast, after an uproar about how off the design Mm. was, and it was so off. So it's come back to its more authentic IP, what this Mm. character looks like. And audiences are finally going to get to see this film based on the video game, obviously, after all that controversy. So, Mm. yeah, let's watch this space. I think it looks quite fun. I'm kind of warming to this a little bit more. 
We've also got Emma, which is based on the classic Jane Austen novel about a rich socialite finding her match. This one stars Anya Taylor-Joy as Emma, so it's aimed at a new generation. But again, this is like Little Women. It's like, do we need to make this again? Mm. I do love these movies. They're just constantly remade. Yeah, remade, rebooted. Mm. Hopefully this is worth the trouble. It's a more modernised adaptation, so we'll see what they bring to the table. Which seems to be a bit of a trend. Mm. Richard Jewell is out on Feb 13th as well, and this is a hard-hitting drama based on the real-life American security guard who saved people from a bomb at the 96 Olympics, but he then was accused of being a terrorist by the press. Mm. And this stars Paul Walker-Hauser, Sam Rockwell, Olivia Wilde, and Kathy Bates as Richard's mother, and she has been nominated for several awards, one being an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress, Mm -hmm. and she's always really wonderful. There's also a documentary called The Learning Fragments, which is about the sometimes controversial Australian cartoonist and artist Michael Learning. Yeah, that would be really great. Yeah, I didn't know that was coming out myself. So I'm learning things on this podcast every day. (laughs) Well, there you have it. That's a massive week of popcorn podcast for you. You can see The Lighthouse, if that's your thing. (laughs) (laughs) If it draws you to the light. It's brilliant brilliant weird wacky film take a friend or two so you can talk about it after (laughs) because you'll feel a bit assaulted by your senses you know that is such a good way to put it i was assaulted by this movie yeah but i mean it's fine we're all fine and h is for happiness the lovely australian made film highly recommend it yeah could not recommend that film high it's just just wonderful i was so happy thanks for listening this week guys catch you next time Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.